Hello, and uh, welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I am Sri Ram Podakuchi with uh, Republic Services. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of uh, speaking with uh, Seth Rao, who is the CEO of First Eigen. What would you advise, you know, organizations in terms of being more proactive, right? In this, you know, a lot of times when an incident happens, when a bad decision is made, when, you know, data is at risk, that's when the investments come, right? That's when the, yeah. the budget commitments and all that come. And it's often very difficult to make the case in terms of the potential opportunity or quantify the risk and get the investment needed to be more proactive. Do you like, can you comment on that? Do you, do you mm -hmm. see organizations be more reactive? Do you see more proactive? What, like, what's your view on that? I think that's a very, uh, very good question. Uh, fundamentally, we all are like that. Um, you know, even in our own personal lives, we have, we probably have 10 different fires burning and we want to see which is the one that is most critical and pay attention to that, right? So that's just the reptilian brain in us trying to do the right thing so that we survive. Right. Uh, so therefore, every company is in a different state. For some people, it could be the customer data. Some people, it could be the operational or transactional data or somebody else, it could be the risk data. Mm -hmm. Or um, whatever is the highest priority for that company, mm -hmm. you focus on that. And the question they have to ask is, am I making the right decisions to solve this problem most effectively? Uh, we have seen companies where, uh, the financial services companies, where they have given the data to the data science team and said, great, you know, come out with all these models that predict X, Y, and Z. And they come back and said, look, this data is pretty unusable. There are too many errors in it. My models, mm -hmm. therefore, have too many errors in it. Therefore, right. the prediction ranges are far. Mm -hmm. So no matter what activity you pick, mm -hmm. you're going to have issue with data. So therefore, depending on the status, state of where you are, whatever is your most critical activity. If you're looking for growth, then you're probably looking at customer data. If you're looking for minimizing your cost, you're probably looking at supply chain data and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Make sure the data is trustable. Have trust monitors deployed in those pipelines as a starting point. Mm -hmm. And you will see immediately there is a huge benefit. Your predictability of your outcomes will go up enormously. Right. So it's company specific. Okay, sounds good. Um, on the trust, um, I have another follow-up question on the trust. It's not, the trust is, the trust score, um, it's not one time and done type deal, right? It has to be monitored. It has to be fine-tuned because the data is constantly changing. So it's a work it's... in progress all the time, right? Or, or does the organization reach a certain level of maturity where, they're fairly confident uh, with their trust monitors of certain type of data and they're focused on something else. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, going back to the nuclear power plant example, is there mm -hmm. a point when you feel comfortable living next to it and saying, yeah, you can turn these pressure sensors off. I think we're good to go. Right. We have been doing it for 30 years now, right? Right. Clearly the answer is a no. Right. Um, so the you have to monitor the trust throughout the pipeline. Mm -hmm. It has to be simple enough mm -hmm. that it will automatically figure out what is right and what is wrong. Mm -hmm. It should be very low touch. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, when things go different, when your you know pressure is going beyond the red line, is when you want to be informed about it. Mm-hmm. And you just want to make sure the red line is the correct red line and not the wrong red line. Mm-hmm. Right now, because it's a manual process, a lot of the red lines are incorrect. There is a lot of alert fatigue. Too many mm-hmm. alerts are getting thrown out because rules were created to validate the data. Mm-hmm. Somebody created that rule 10 years ago in some context. The data has evolved, but the rule is not. So you're right. getting a lot of false alerts. Right. So your question is, is there a point in time when I can start monitoring, stop monitoring it? Right. Um, Ideally, the monitor should happen below the surface without even you knowing it, and you should only be alerted when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. And therefore, monitoring and alerting is a continuous process. Right. Right, especially when the when the source systems are constantly changing, the data is changing, changing and, yeah. and new integrations happen and all that. So it's it's a it's a work in progress all the time, right? Yep, and typically, right. companies have thousands of data pipelines right. that run every night, and these data pipelines are decommissioned, and new ones are constantly created. Mm-hmm. So the pipelines are changing. Right. Uh, if somebody put the wrong screw and the wrong nut, didn't put a flange, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have data leaking. You're going right. to have data not reaching the other end. Right. So if we keep touching a process, errors are bound to happen. We need to have an insurance policy that the data on the other end is correct. That insurance policy is your monitor, data trust monitor. Mm -hmm. So you want to have that insurance policy all the time. Okay. I don't say I've been driving my car for N years now, therefore I'm a safe driver. I don't need insurance. Right. I still have to have the insurance because it is safe. It's the best practice. Right. Okay. That's good. What about... uh... The skill set that uh, you talked about cultural change. Uh, what about you know the skill set that organizations will need to have or invest in with this new paradigm of invest in of inserting trust monitors in the throughout the pipeline and 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 making sure that you know data is 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 trustworthy as it moves through the the information factory, if you will. Uh, what skills should organizations? Um, Great, good question. And so, so there are two kinds of skills that currently organizations have. Mm-hmm. Um, one is somebody who understands the data, who are the data stewards, mm-hmm. and they would recommend, uh, therefore, how to check the data. Mm-hmm. And the second skill is an extensive uh, IT team that would uh, convert all of those into IT code and keep uh, updating those IT codes. Mm-hmm. Now, with a tool like DataBuck, the, uh, it autonomous, it's an autonomous data trust sensor. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the coding part has been automated. Mm-hmm. It looks at the data, it automatically, it creates a fingerprint of the data and it understands the expected behavior for the data to be considered trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Now, it will still, when it when it fires a red flag, you need the data steward who would give a feedback to the software and say thumbs up or a thumbs down, I agree this is a problem mm-hmm. uh, or this is not a problem. So the skill set that is needed is still the data steward who understands the data Mm-hmm. and who can guide the software. The software will not replace humans. Mm-hmm. Humans plus AI ML 
is the most powerful combination. It is mm -hmm. not just pure humans or it's not pure AIML. It's mm -hmm. a combination. So we created DataPuck with the question, how do we make the existing people a lot more productive, a lot more capable of making the right decisions mm -hmm. very quickly? So the, uh, the skill of having to write mundane rules mm -hmm. can be automated. And we have done that. The skill of fingerprinting the data, understanding the expected behavior in a very, very minute uh, level has been automated by the software. Mm -hmm. You still need the people who understand the data. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. Um, I guess the last question I have is, do you have any, um, have you come across any like real world examples where, um, you know, the mismanagement of, of risk has caused um, some measurable impact for any organization and, mm -hmm. And and part B of that question is, in hindsight, like what would you recommend? <laughs> okay, great, great point. Yeah, um, is all this hypothetical or does it have a real world impact? Uh, absolute real world impact. So the most recent example was literally a month, two months ago. Um, uh, this is Octopus Energy in UK. Mm -hmm. um, they had many customer service issues. Uh, these guys do uh, the billing of energy meters in parts of UK. And there was one case uh, which was caught by the BBC and it was splashed on BBC uh, as a feature, 30-minute feature. Mm -hmm. And here they show that this particular woman whose account was uh, went from being 200 pounds in credit to 6,000 pounds in debt wow. within days. Wow. So... The consequence of that is it, it cascades, right? So she had paid her bills on time. She had, in fact, paid more money. So she was 200 pounds in safety. And data errors, the company now believes literally three days later, she owed them 6,000 pounds wow. for utilities, right? Which is crazy, uh, which yeah. is about $8,000. Right. Uh, and she was trying to resolve it, ran pillar to post, could not do it. BBC picked it up. Now, imagine the impact of that on the mm -hmm. brand mm -hmm. uh, because it is utilities. Now the government is also probably going to get involved. Right. But it's, it's a huge issue, right? Yeah. And uh, there was another uh, another case of uh, now Wells Fargo Bank. Uh, this was uh, pretty recently where they had $5 billion in excess capital reserve. Mm -hmm. And it was in reserve because they miscalculated what their risk was. Mm -hmm. So if you can imagine $5 billion sitting in your wards that you could have potentially loaned it out. Mm -hmm. And that could have potentially brought upwards of $300 million in pure profit. Right. So that just walked out of the door because your data was inaccurate. Right. Um, or another recent example was one of the largest uh, banks in Denmark, Danska Bank. Mm -hmm. They overcharged their customers for mortgage. Mm -hmm. Not much, it could even be, you know, a few uh, dollars or kroners, euros, uh, but they had to publicly apologize and return the money. Oh. Now, that's a huge impact on the brand. Can mm -hmm. I trust this bank right. with my money if, if you can't even keep simple mortgage numbers, correct? Can I trust you? Right. So 
there are multiple examples, right? Um, and the impact is loss of revenue, yeah, uh, loss of customer confidence and trust in the company, mm-hmm. and loss of brand uh, loyalty. Now, some of those things are hard to measure, mm-hmm. but we know it happens. Right. So fix the underlying root cause. Mm-hmm. Fix the underlying root cause and you know get data monitors throughout your pipelines. You will save money. You will also increase your revenue. Marketing teams will be able to cross-sell, upsell, uh, because they have more reliable, accurate data on their customers, on their purchase patterns, mm-hmm. and you know banking habits and so on. So uh, hugely beneficial to have trusted data. Right. It does have cascading effect, as you said, right? It just multiplies yeah. as it goes from one hop to the other, it has a potential uh, effect of multiplying and then the impact at the end of the day, impact yeah. is potential impact can be devastating in some cases, right? Yeah. Any Absolutely. any last words you wanna you wanna say that we haven't talked about? My advice uh, to companies is uh, your growth depends enormously on the ability to make accurate decisions real fast. Mm-hmm. All your competitors are trying to do that. And the only way you can do that is if you know that the data that you're making your decisions on are trusted data. So anytime you go into a meeting, ask the people, how do I know I can trust this data? Because mm-hmm. I am making important decisions based on this. Mm-hmm. And when it starts at every level and from the top, it gets embedded in the culture of the organization that the mm-hmm. data has to be trusted before I can make decisions or I can present it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So start with that and you know, you'll save yourself a lot of trouble. With that, thank you so much, uh, Seth Rao, for joining me today. Uh, Please visit uh, cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews.